Welcome to Paddling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. Welcome to today's episode of Paddling the Blue. Today we hear from Bonnie Perry, and Bonnie's a special person to me as she was one of the first people who really welcomed me into the paddling community. And Bonnie always brings the fun and an infectious laugh to any paddling environment. She's a very insightful coach, shaped in part by her unique day job, which comes in handy as she experienced on more than one paddle, one of which she describes in today's talk. In this episode, she shares how paddling inspires her and how she accepted the generosity of others to reach her best. Now, this was my first remote interview and kind of exciting for me personally to be able to take the show on the road. We did this one at about 11.30 p.m. on the patio of a rented house at the Door County Sea Kayak Symposium in Wisconsin. So for a first remote, I think it turned out great, and I'm looking forward to taking the show on the road more. So with that, enjoy today's episode with Bonnie Perry. Welcome, Bonnie. Thanks for joining Paddling the Blue today. Oh, I'm happy to be here, John. Thank oh, you. It's been a while. We've uh, Not only it's been a while since we've connected personally, but it's been a while that we've been trying to connect to do the show. Yeah. Yeah, my schedule's kind of crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Most people's are, though. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm a, I'm a sea kayaker. I absolutely adore paddling. It touches my soul and feeds my body. Um, also enlivens my mind. So it's one of the things that I am most fond of doing in, in my entire life because it just encompasses so much. It's, it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, spiritual. So I absolutely love it. In my day job, I am uh, I'm the bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Michigan. So for 27 years, I was a pastor of All Saints Episcopal Church in Chicago. And then a couple of years ago, I was elected bishop of Michigan. So I've relocated from Chicago to Detroit. I'm married. Um, my spouse Susan and I have been together for 33 years. We've got an Australian shepherd and a 16-year-old long-haired miniature dachshund who's more of a tattoo in terms of his relationship to Susan than a dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, congratulations on, on all of that. Thank it's, you. It's great stuff. So, yeah. and, uh, and, and Detroit's been a big change for you from Chicago. I mean, they're both urban, but they're very different urban places. Yeah. So um, each has different gifts. Each has different challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So... You have you have a unique day job, so how does that blend with your your paddling life? Well, it's um, the the move from Chicago to Detroit has made me find um, different venues to to paddle. So I, I I'd be lying if I said I if I said I didn't miss Lake Michigan. I used to live two miles from Lake Michigan, so I do miss that. Um, proximity to bigger water. I'm on the Detroit River. I go over to Lake Erie. I uh, just last week I was doing some whitewater in the Kalamazoo River. Just got my canoe set up so I can do more uh, river paddling in a canoe. For me, I've just kind of decided if I can paddle it, then that's what I'm going to do. If it's on water, I can paddle it, and I'm just going to find whatever water I can. All right. All right. So how does how do you blend your your day job your your day role uh, yeah. with your paddling life? Well, I mean, I really feel like as a person of faith and a, a person of doubt and a person of faith, it's kind of a circular 
piece. One of the ways I really connect with the holy, with awe, is when I'm paddling. I just uh, came in from paddling at night, perfectly dark, in a canoe out on uh, a harbor in Lake Michigan, and it was stunning. And I think that sense of awe is what grounds me in, in God. And my first spiritual experience when I was a little kid, we lived in Hawaii and I had my boogie board and the sun was setting and I was, I decided that I would just paddle the boogie board into the path of the sun and I just kept going. And it was literally a transcendent experience. And I have vestments now and the vestments are modeled after using that imagery because for me uh, an image of God is the ocean, is the sea. It's completely big, it's gorgeous, it's life-sustaining, it's fulfilling, it's scary, you can't control it, you may not understand it, you can play with it, but don't ever think that water doesn't will out. And so for me that's kind of a metaphor of God. I don't always understand God. I long for God. I long for the water. I need the water I need I need God um, and sometimes when I'm not so sure about God I get on the water and I remember all over again so I guess I would say it also fits with baptism that's beautiful <laughs> beautiful so you got your start as a paddler in Chicago right? I, I did well my very first time in a kayak was in a very dinky lake in Olympia Washington and I got in the boat, and I only went in circles. And I thought, oh, I'm very bad at this. And I was very disappointed, because I was hoping that I'd be good at it. I was terrible. And then we, uh, a week later, we went to the Orcas Islands, and I got in a double, and there's a picture of my best friend and I in a boat, and she's got her paddle upside down, and we look happy. But then I had a Sunday off from preaching. And my spouse, Susan, said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, well, maybe we could go rollerblading. She goes, you have a really bad knee. That's like a stupid idea. <laughs> and she said, you talked about sea kayaking. I found a place, Northwest Passage. I, they, they have lessons. Maybe we could do a day. And I was like, oh. So we called up. They were completely booked. But they said, well, we do have this double. So they essentially put us in the Queen Mary. I mean, this thing was massive. And, and we had to rock it from side to side to get it to dump over when we were trying <laughs> to do a wet exit because we couldn't even do that in it. And we eventually got the thing to knock, dump over. Two weeks later, I bought my first boat. You were hooked? I was totally, totally hooked, and I would, I would say to myself, okay, and it was a used fiberglass solution, because used boats are your friends, um, and it was a used solution, and I paid $1,400 for it, and my thought was, the first time I took it out and paddled it, okay, this is a $1,400 paddle. Next time, I was like, okay, this is a $700 paddle. The next time, and when I got it down to like five bucks, I thought, okay, <laughs> and that was a number of boats ago. Yeah. So when was this? That was in 1995. Okay. Yeah. And maybe three. And, and I was trying. And so I had that class. And that was the only lesson I had taken. And I was trying to find books about it. And so I was reading 
travel books that had anything to do with kayaking. And then I discovered Derek Hutchison's books and I bought all of Derek Hutchison's books. And, and then, oh my God, then I found a few more. I'm not, I'm not remembering the titles, but I read absolutely everything I could find. And then I heard that there was this thing called the British Canoe Union. I'm like, well, I'm a kayaker, not a canoe. They're like, no, no, that's what they call kayaks there, so don't worry about it. And <laughs> the British Canoe Union was doing, there was going to be, you could do a test. There was a training, and then there was a test. And I was like, well, I'm super competitive. And I was like, and I've never seen a hierarchy that I didn't feel compelled to try to ascend. So I was like, oh, I, I, I could do that. So I missed the training. And, and it was a three-star, four-star, and it was 1995, so it was the old three-star, the old four-star. There's been like four more iterations since then. And I show up at this thing, and the guy's just kind of looking at me, and, and I was using a Greenland blade. And this is still in the Chicago area? Yeah, it's in Chicago. Okay. It's in Lake Michigan, and it was kicking. It was it was a super kicking day, which was hilarious. And the guy said, uh, well, you guys are comfortable in this. And I was so excited. And my friend Mary was saying, Oh, my goodness. And she said, oh, my God, Allison would never let me go out in this. I said, oh, Susan would kill me. I was like, let's go. <laughs> and and off we went. And, and I could tell the guy was just like, because sticks weren't used much then. Right? Okay. So it was a real outlier. And and, and how long had you been paddling at, the, at this uh, point? I'd probably been paddling two or three years oh, at okay, that point. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't like two weeks later. <laughs> no, it was like two years later, three years later. And then I went out in the rough stuff, and I was perfectly happy, and I was rolling at it. And then the guy was like, oh, and he started taking me seriously. But what really happened is we, we got the boats, went on a trip up to Traverse City, went into the Traverse City backcountry outfitters, found a strip of paper on the floor, stack of them, that said, if you're a kayaker, call us. We have some activities. I took the paper. I dialed the phone number. Uh, I got in touch with a fellow named Dick Flowers, who is um, so dear to me. He made my crozier. You know, a bishop gets a mm -hmm. crozier. He made my crozier. Um, he also made my first wooden paddle. And I met Dick Flowers, and they said they were going to do Glen Lake or something, and like that was going to be too far. But um, maybe we could meet them on this other paddle. And it was the Western Michigan Coastal Kayak Association. And it was a gathering. And we showed up, and they took us paddling. And this guy, Doug Van Dorn, was there. And it turned out Doug was a UCC pastor, United Church of Christ pastor. And my spouse, Susan, is a United Church of Christ pastor. And, and then there's me, and I was an Episcopal priest. And we're paddling along. And this lovely guy, Dick, um, and his wife, Karen. And amazing people who didn't know us from Adam just took us in and welcomed us. And I, I have to say, I kind of tried to do that in Chicago and kind of went to a couple of events at the Casca um, events and no one talked to me. So I was like, okay, well, this, this isn't so good. And then I was like, all right, like two years later, I went back again and because then I had a boat and, and, I, and we had some friends. And so there was this group of people and they were out paddling. We, out, we paddled out to them and I paddled away. And I was like, Seriously? <laughs> and, you know, and then we're out there. And, and then, you know, and so I was rolling and somebody yells from the shore. They're like, hand roll that thing. So I said, okay. <laughs> and I did. 
So it was kind of just, it was this odd thing, but it was the Western Michigan Coastal Kayak people who taught me how to roll. All right. Um, and it was, that was where I went to the Wimka Memorial, Memorial Day weekend, 23 years in a row. My Memorial Day weekend was at Camp Pentalumen. Yeah. Eating really bad camp food <laughs> with the most amazing community of people who taught me how to paddle. That is definitely a fun event. So it's super sweet. Yeah. Super sweet. That's very cool. Um, very cool. So I know that um, there's one area of the world that has really captured your heart in terms okay. of paddling. So tell me about that area. So I I adore paddling in the UK, in uh, Scotland and in England. And because, as I mentioned, I've never seen a hierarchy that I didn't feel compelled to ascend, I read an article in the Atlantic Coastal Kayaker back in the day about the first American woman who tried to get the five-star, the British Canoe Union five-star. And she tells the story, and essentially she, like, paddles through whirlpools and slays dragons, and still it's not good enough, and she flunks. Riding a unicorn. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, and she flunks, right? And I read it, and I was like, I want to do that. And as life kept going, I, I met a fellow... Jeff Allen, who's wonderful, who is in Cornwall, came over to Wimka, and I started chatting with him. And he was so grounded and, and reflective, and he also told the story of when he had made a mistake. He told the story of when he made a mistake um, publicly about paddling. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got humility, and he talks about how he makes a mistake and how we learn from it. I, I trust this guy. Yeah. So I said, I would really like to come over and do some training. He's like, all right. So I flew over and to um, London, then took the train down to Cornwall. He picked me up, and I, I spent six amazing days paddling in the Cornish coast, uh, Land's End, which is not an outlet there. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a place called Godrevy Island, and it was really big stuff. And I didn't know if I was going to be good enough to paddle in big stuff. And I'm out, and we're cutting through this cave, and this massive wave is coming around. And it's like this cathedral because the color of the blue of the water is this amazing blue, and then this turquoise green. And then it's actually, of course, it's July, and of course it's raining in 50 degrees. And this thing comes whipping in, and, and, and it's like a, wa a washer machine. And, and Jeff's like, now, okay, be careful. This is going to be big. And I was like, this is awesome. And then we circled back around and the seal, like I surfed through this slot and the seal slurfed with me. And I turned to Jeff and I started crying. He goes, why are you crying? I said, I always wondered if I could do this. This is the most amazing day of my life. <laughs> and what I realized is both in England and in Scotland, we have amazing water in the U.S. Absolutely. What I enjoy is being in a different culture, meeting people who I wouldn't normally. Yeah not doing the touristy things. I lived in Hawaii as a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like tourists. I don't like people who think they can know something in five days. And so I kept going back and kept making friends. And I went and did a training, uh, the new four-star training. I met Gordon Brown again. I had met him in Sea Kayak, Georgia, doing a Coach 3 training. And then I met him again in San Francisco. And I said, can I come shadow you for two weeks? And he was like, all right. And I went to Scotland in the outer, in the inner Hebrides to the Isle of Skye, which is where Gordon had Skyak adventures, he and Morag. And I spent two weeks hauling boats and going to every one of his classes and sitting in on every one of his classes. 
and it was stunning. And I got to see Sky in a way that was just amazing. And then doing, and I was doing an assessment, and this fellow Roland Wolven showed up, and he was amazing. And it's always, it was always me and seven six foot guys. <laughs> it was always me and seven six foot guys. And so I'm riding over with, with Roland, and there was this point I had been doing, well, before that, two weeks with Gordon, he knew how I paddled. And suddenly I'm doing this class, and I was down in the gear room getting something. And I just looked like I was going to lose it. He's like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know if I'm good enough. He goes, oh, Bonnie, you're better than these guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was like, he goes, no, no. And so the next day, Roland picks me up, and we, we drive over. And he said, well, I, I just found out what your day job is. And I was like, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I just, he said, you didn't say much yesterday. And you're actually very highly certified because I had, I think I may have had my IT in the American Canoe Association at that point, okay. my level four IT. And he said, you just didn't say much. I said, well, I didn't want to be like the typical American who's talking all the time. And he said, oh, I don't think you're a typical anything. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it was just this amazing training, lovely, lovely people. And I just kept going back because the tidal flow is so incredible. And I'm fascinated by, I'm fascinated by tides. And then because I keep going, I keep meeting people, and the paddling community is actually pretty small, even internationally. Yeah. And one day I was coaching at a symposium um, at the Black Isles, which is near Aberdeen. I split off. I Roland took a group, and I took a group. And this group of the folks who I wound up with, there were seven folks. The other people had all gone off, like the, the local people had gone off with Roland because he was famous and I was like a weird American. <laughs> and we went out and paddled and I had this most amazing coaching day. And all the folks were from Shetland. I was like, Shetland? I'm like, where the ponies are? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, and, they, and I said, okay, y'all, come on on over. And they're like, oh, my God, she just said y'all. <laughs> And I was like, wow, y'all. I said, you know, like, I know that when we hear you talk, I said, you know, we just think y'all are so much smarter than us because you got those cool accents. And I said, you're probably thinking that about me right now, that you just think, wow, that woman is really smart. <laughs> and they're just laughing. And they're like, well, maybe. Okay, so maybe you're, since you're a priest, you're a vicar, maybe we could, uh, maybe you could cue the dolphins. I said, well, it is Sunday morning. Maybe we, if we sang some hymns. So we start singing. <laughs> you already had seals. Right, right. So we start singing Amazing Grace. Cue the dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just amazing rock gardening and just coaching and just, you know, tip here, do this, think about that. How about going this way? You know, what about, how can you make that, how can you make your boat turn in the fewest possible strokes? What would, and just using all this um, stuff that I, knowledge that I've acquired from being with other people and doing a lot of study and classes. And they said afterwards, like, wow, we've never, no one's ever coached us like this. And they said, would you come to our symposium? I was like, teach at the symposium in Shetland? Yes. Yes, I would do that. <laughs> um, so I've been there now twice and hope to be going back in a year. It's stunning. Sea caves, 
tide races through sea caves, sea caves that go um, transect points. So you can go for like 500 yards and then turn left and go out the other end. It's, I don't know, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of stunning. And That's, the people are amazing. And, and yours is another example that so many of the episodes that I've done, it all comes back to the people. It's the people that make a difference. And, and you know, from what I've heard so far, it's the people that are making a difference for you all along. Well, and there's this, when I got the invitation to, to go to Shetland, they were folks who were members of the Shetland Canoe Club. And they said, come on over. We'll put you up. We're so excited you're coming. We'll lend you a car so you can get around. And everybody took vacation, so we had the symposium, and then everybody took like eight days of vacation after, and we just paddled for eight days. And these were folks, this was all from a, a one-day paddling, and they're, they're dear friends. Um, and it's the same on, on Sky. I just have dear friends, and you keep running into the same people, and I learn from them. And maybe they learn a little bit from me and get a different sense on, on what America's like and, and who and how we are. Why is it that that community was much, so much more welcoming? Oh, go figure. I have no idea. I mean, I was, on some level, I was a coach by then. Yeah. Right? I, you know, I'm going to say it was the, I, I'm going to say it was the Western Michigan people who put a strip of paper on the floor inviting people. I don't know. Sometimes what happens is we have good friends. We see our good friends. We haven't seen them in a long time. Someone's new there, and we don't really see them because we want to be with our good friends. Um, and life is hard, and sometimes it's hard to make new relationships. But for me, what I have always found in the paddling community around the world is that people welcome. So there was somebody I saw today, you know, and I had chatted with him a tiny bit, and he was sitting by himself, and I'm like, come sit with us. Meet somebody new. Like, come on. I don't know. It's really enriching. So you made somebody's day, and, and at some point, others have made your day. In, in Shetland, for example, that well, one day of paddling, someone decided to take you in, open up, and it turned into... Yeah. I mean, you know, here's here's the invite, and and that comes from amazing mentors, that I have learned from who were gracious with their time and said, yeah, you can shadow me for two weeks. Yeah. So in addition to Gordon, who do you consider as, as mentors? Oh, Roland Wolven. Yeah. Roland is uh, a stunning mentor. He's just amazing. Jeff Allen is really great. Ginny, um, Ginny Callahan. Ginny is just great. Ginny has Sea Kayak Baja Mexico, and I've, I, I do some work with her usually after Easter most years we do a You're surf a busy. camp well after before <laughs> easter very busy after it, it's a little bit better and there's a surf camp that she and i do okay on the pacific side and it's amazing Ginny is a consummate coach and guide most people aren't both but oh my goodness can she do both and she knows all of the all the plants and all of the astronomy and the history and the geology. The woman is brilliant. And because of her um, connection 
our and our friendship that developed. I married. I officiated at her wedding. We went to New Zealand. I, I guided with her in New Zealand. Guided with her in New Zealand um, with, there were Americans on the trip. Met a woman in America who I was on my Shetland trip and I meant, and this woman said, oh, do you know, and gave the woman's name. And I was like, yeah. And she said, oh, I met her in Greenland. I was like, well, I paddled with her in New Zealand, and she lives in Massachusetts. <laughs> small community again. It's, a, it's, it's small, but, oh, my goodness, so much, so much fun. I think if you share a love for the sea, that transcends boundaries. And I think you can start with that passion and then go from there. That common ground. Yeah. Yeah, and also there's always some points where you're also scared to death, and then you get some good bonding stories there. <laughs> so those mentor-mentee relationships, how did you go about forming your mentor-mentee relationship? And we talked about Gordon, but how about the other relationships? Um, I mean, I think I was always pretty proactive about it. I had a, a, a thirst for wanting to get better and to learn more about the sport. And so when I would go to symposiums, and there would be guest coaches, I would chat with them. Not all of them, and I, I wasn't a stalker. Um, <laughs> and see if I liked their coaching style. See if in the class they took me seriously, because not every student clicks with every coach. And so did they take me seriously? And then, and then I would you know, I would say, would you be, you know, would you be open to me coming and doing with, with Jeff? I did some extensive classes with him, but then because I had a British canoe certifications, I was a coach three, I could actually work. I was doing classes for him mm. and we kind of traded. I did classes, uh, beginner classes sure. and um, drove the van mm -hmm. with the trailer on very small streets on the <laughs> wrong side of the road. And I would stay in the shop. They had a little bunkhouse, which was as, you know, as clean as you might expect as a place run by like three straight guys. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I would sleep in the shop. Okay. Be there for two weeks and just work and work and work and work. So we'll work for coaching. We'll work for knowledge. We'll, right. And then I was his, I was his wingman. And we would go out, and I would pull a bunch of middle-aged British guys off the rocks. <laughs> um, and they'd be like, oh, Chicago? So isn't that very far from the sea? And, and, and then they'd be like, so you paddle on a lake? And then everything would hit the fan, and someone would be like, oh, my God, how did you do that? And I said, oh, you see, I paddle on a lake. <laughs> but there's a graciousness i think for folks as we grow in our skills i don't think any of us ever get where we are by ourselves i think it's karma i think that it behooves us because people have cared for us and offered education and coaching and feedback and and real care to us that that our gift is to offer it to other folks so like 
Pam Palmentera and Maggie Byrne are long-term students of mine. Um, and the deal was, I said, for them, I said, I'll give you free coaching for two years. And like, it was a ton of coaching. And you have to promise to buy a plane ticket to Scotland and be my student when I do the assessment. And so they did. But I just think it's like, how do you do that? You take people seriously in all of our classes and, and encourage people. And you have an amazing coaching style. Um, and you're just fan- phenomenal um, when you're on the water with folks and even off the water and just being able to listen to people and really understand them and then be able to speak a language that, that speaks to them. Um, and I find that just uh, just amazing. Oh, thank and you. You're welcome. You're welcome. What, thank you. what recommendations might you have for people who are looking to develop their own personal coaching? I would say get exposed to as many different varieties and different people as possible. Um, so, um, I mean, Gail, Gail Green has also been an amazing coach for me. And she was someone who we, we were, I met her at Wimka. She was at the Apostles and we wanted to take a trip to the Apostles. And she sat down with the maps and she said, you know what, Grant and I are going to be away. Why don't the four of you guys stay at our house and use our house as the base camp for you to start out from? Oh, okay, Gail, we'll just move into your house for two nights. <laughs> you just met us. Wow. So, but get a wide variety. You know, I, if you can, and I'm super blessed, and I've been really, really lucky, and I'm aware that I have extra income that allows me to do this. So I think it's super important for us to also figure out how many different ways can we get people who don't have income to do this. I think what Andrea Nepper is doing with Chicago Adventure Therapy, super important, right? How many ways can we get lots of different people exposed to this? And how do we get changed? I'm changed by the people I've encountered. Perhaps people are changed by their encounter with me. So I think we develop our coaching styles working with lots and lots and lots of different people. If, if people different than us as well. I mean, that's, that's a really important piece of it is if everybody's like us, we're not really exposing ourselves to different philosophies and, and different yeah. ways of coaching and different ways of reaching other people. Yeah, not, not at all. And, I, you know, I've had some, some folks who are amazing coaches. I've learned a ton from them. And then I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'd like you. But that's okay, too, because we're not always going to land with each other in a way that feels comfortable. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from each other. And so I have really tried hard to go far and wide in in doing that. And then I try to not talk as much on the water. I try to do to do my coaching with fewer words, less about do this, do this, do that, but more about how could you do that differently? And really just invite the student into the learning process and trust that their experiences give them some ability to think about that. I also tend to coach people who are intermediate, so they've got some skills, and I love building on that. You mentioned the assessment mm-hmm. um, earlier. So tell I've us. had a lot of assessments. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you mentioned uh, uh, Maggie and um, uh, Pam, and you said that you. Oh yeah, and they, we, we went. Yeah, that was for my performance coach assessment, which that I've done a master's thesis 
at a doctoral dissertation and the amount that I turned in for my, my UKCC performance coach was 150 pages. It was amazing what I put together. I was like, that was a lot of work. Yeah. But anyway, the assessment. <laughs> so I, I, guess, I guess kind of where I'm going with that is that you mentioned earlier that there, you've never found a hierarchy that you didn't want to conquer. <laughs> I didn't quite say that. I said there's never been a hierarchy I didn't feel compelled to ascend. There we go. <laughs> Try to ascend at least. Um, yeah, I mean, some of it's, oh my goodness, I think some of it's shallow. I think it's merit badges, you know. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, so, yeah, claim the shallow. I desperately want to be so good at this, and I always worry that I'm not good enough. So, how do I get better and keep working at it? Continuous learning, continuous development, continuous growth. Yeah, yeah. and there's a thing. They're different. You would, you would know this. Like, there are different types of goals. There, you know, so if you want a, a, a learning goal that is an, a, an achievement goal, or then there's, like, performance goals, right? And so it's not so much that I got the five-star but that I can regularly, that I can perform at a level that a five-star would, that an advanced sea paddler would. And so it's this notion of to not claim it as the end product, but each time I've gotten certified to realize, oh my God, there's so much I don't know. That's enlivening to me. Like, oh, how can I find out something else? <laughs> How can I continue, continue to learn, continue to grow? Yeah. So. And continue to change? If you could do one type of paddling, only one, what would you do and why? Rock gardens. Yeah? Oh, my God. Rock gardens. Rock gardens, rock gardens, rock gardens. I, there's nothing I love more than the interaction between wave and rock. And how you, how I can wind around and between and do the um, close quarter maneuvering and, and do it elegantly but with like fierce strength. And then taking people along with me. Um, like, how are we going to do this? What is that going to look like? And then and, and enabling people to see this world in such a way and to understand that all those skills that they've been put into use, now it's not about plunking down a bow rudder, but it's about carving a turn so you can get past this rock to this safe place to move over here to see this amazing thing that most people have never seen. Yeah, how can I use those skills to, to get somewhere, to, to do something, to experience something well, that I wouldn't to, be able to otherwise? To, to experience the sheer joy of moving my boat in the midst of a dynamic conditions like and leading in those oh my goodness some of it's really it's sometimes scary but that's what I absolutely adore I think that that scary is good some of it is I mean there's a certain point where if it gets too scary then we shut down and we stop uh, sure right and so as a coach as a leader you want to know that you're not going to have people doing something that you can't fix right and two, but you want them, but you don't want them bored. So you have to find that between <laughs> catastrophe, yeah. the fear bore, and boredom scale, right? find the flow. Right. And then, and then how do you offer people an opportunity to get a glimpse of what they can grow into and have that sense of agency? For me, spirituality is about agency 
and awe and acceptance. And, and I think that totally works with paddling. There is that sense of, I know how to move my boat, and I have that agency. I can move it. And as I'm doing it, there is this amazing awe of what I'm seeing. But there is that acceptance of that I ultimately am not in control. I don't have the final say on most things. Um, so that, and water will out, you know. Be still, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. So how could listeners reach you if they've got additional questions, they want to learn more, they want to develop their coaching abilities? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page, Bonnie Perry Paddling. And I, I haven't updated it much lately. I've been busy with my new day job. So Bonnie A. Perry on Facebook, happy to, you can get me that way. You, pretty much if you Google Bonnie Perry Sea Kayaking, you can come up with ways. And if... Bishop Episcopal Diocese of Michigan, yeah, yeah, you you can you can find me. You know, so, you're out there, yeah, definitely out there. Yeah, but I think the two Facebook pages is probably your best bet. All right, yeah. all right. Um, this has been amazing. Uh, I'm just uh-huh. learning about your coaching, your background as a paddler, learning about your coaching philosophy and the, you know the tips and advice you've given to others and myself and, and others to be able to help develop ourselves as coaches. Um, and, and that's something that we can use not only in our paddling world, but we can use that in our, our daily world with our families and friends and professional lives and everything else as well. So uh, thank you for, for sharing that. Oh, thank you, John. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. It's really sweet of you to ask me. Thank you. You're welcome. I do have one final question. Yep. Uh, it's a question I'd like to ask of all of our guests. And as who else would you like to hear as a future guest on Paddling the Blue? Sure. Ginny uh, Callahan, for sure. Uh, Kate Duffus is in the Isle of Skye. She's really wonderful. Roland Wolven. I think you've already chatted with Jeff Allen. Absolutely. Gordon Brown's stunning. I don't know. Would it be odd to chat with someone who's a first-time person at a symposium? Not at all. You could maybe find out that sense of awe that they've experienced from yeah. being at I a mean, symposium that, for the first time. That might be something. I think it's really important for us, for those of us who've been doing this for a number of years, to remember what it feels like to be new. I've had a couple of requests to uh, let's hear from what kind of uh, put in air quotes you know, the ordinary paddler, yeah. and just learn what it's like yeah, from yeah. from every person's oh, perspective. And Dave Johnston, Dave. Canadian Ray Boucher, Canadian. My Canadians, they gave me a, they gave me an honorary maple leaf, and <laughs> like my pintail, I had a, I had a maple leaf. Yeah. Well, you've really given me people. lots of, uh, lots of names. <laughs> lots <laughs> there of, are lots of good people. There are. Paddle, yeah. It's a wonderful paddling community, and um, yeah. so happy that you found a, a wonderful paddling community that has really oh, accepted you and helped you grow as a paddler, and, and and you've been able to share that as well and continue yeah. to spread the wealth. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Thank you. You're welcome. If you want to be a stronger and more efficient paddler, Power to the Paddle is packed with fitness guidance and complete descriptions along with photos of more than 50 exercises to improve your abilities and enjoy your time on the water. The concept and exercises in this book have helped me become a better paddler and they can make a difference for you too. The exercises in the book can help you reduce tension in your shoulders and low back, use the power of your torso to create leverage and use less energy with each stroke, use force generated from your lower body to make your paddling strokes more efficient, have the endurance to handle long days in the boat, drive through the toughest waves or whitewater, 
protect your body against common paddling injuries, and while you're at it, you might even lose a few pounds, and who wouldn't mind that? So visit PaddlingExercises.com to get the book and companion DVD. Bonnie's passion for paddling certainly comes out when she speaks, and for those who've had the pleasure of spending any time on the water with her, you'll know that the same holds true there. I realized that this episode was a little different than most others, but like we talked about in the interview, different is good. We gain new perspectives when things are different. As I mentioned in my introduction, she was one of the first to welcome me, and that really stuck with me. So the next time you come across a new paddler, I hope you'll also take the time to welcome them into our community and make them feel valued, just like the group from Shetland made Bonnie feel. Bonnie's one of those people who I could talk to all day long. She's not only a great coach and an impressive paddler, but most important, a great ambassador for paddle sports, a wonderful person to be around, and just a lot of fun. Our next episode will feature Simon Osborne, and you may know Simon from his latest venture, Online Sea Kayaking. In this interview, we'll talk with Simon about his experience, along with Marin Madak, paddling in South Korea. So again, as always, thanks for listening, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Paddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.